Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field. This week we got a chance to uh, get a crop report from the air. So on Monday uh, we were flying around with, with one of the customers up in the El Paso area and we finished out the week on Friday down around Blue Mound. So thanks to those guys that would take me up and we could kind of get a look from the air. What I saw up there, believe it or not, it's, it's better than I thought. Now, it, it's no 2014, um, but it is definitely not a 2015 either. In 2014, it was pretty solid uniform across the country and pretty um, uniform in pollination and everything else that was taking place. In 2015, of course, we had tremendous holes with all the water damage that we had from the June rains. Here in 2016, there is uh, a lot of stress up there, but it's you know what we kind of expected due to the hard knocks that we had this spring. But most of all, the holes do have crop in them. Uh, some replanted and some just light stands uh, up there itself. So situation where, uh, like I said, overall I was I was pleased with what I saw. Definitely the sins of the spring are evident from the air. You can see a lot of compaction and wheel track issues that are up there. We did see a lot of refried beans in this attempt to stop this uh, water hemp issue that we're dealing with itself. Um, not as much on Monday, but definitely by the flight on Friday, we could also see uh, a lot of iron chlorosis uh, that started to show up from the July rains. We did see some um, uh, suspect spider mite spots up there across more fields than I thought from there. But knowing the struggles that we had this spring in a lot of areas, I guess I was pleased with the crop conditions uh, from the air, uh, and usually it's not that way itself. Now on the ground, as far as what we saw this week on the ground, this July 4th rain was definitely a grain maker. Most areas got from an inch and a half to two inches plus, and along with some moderate temperatures allowed for almost a seamless pollination on that April planted corn. We had some fields that pollinated but to tip in two days. That's That's really good from a standpoint of trying to hang on to kernels. The rain did bring some stress relief to our soybeans in the dry areas and this should help with the spider mite issues. Looks like bordering fields this year may have just done the trick, give us enough time to pick up a rain and to uh, uh, get ahead of these uh, spider mites themselves. As far as the insects go on the corn side, rootworm beetle are almost non-existent as far as pressure against the soaking that's going on. So they're just, you got to look for the beetle in most of these fields. I think our prediction that we drowned them last year, uh, shortly after hatch, when they're susceptible to drowning with all the spring rains, is probably correct. If you remember from our winter meetings, we did talk about an area of concern that stretches there south of Decatur through Arthur and Tuscola, where they didn't get the heavy rains uh, in June last year, also produced some of our biggest yields down there. Um, we were in that area, um, and, and there's significant root damage there, and the beetle pressure in that area was actually strong enough that we're most likely going to have to spray for silk clipping, which kind of would maybe confirm what we're thinking about as far as what effect the environment had on that insect itself. Now, the western bean cutworm moths are starting to fly. Egg masses are being laid. Remember uh, that to scout your non-GMO corn for the uh, western bean cutworm, those egg masses again are going to be on the top side of the leaf. They're going to be at that kind of upright, most mature leaf, uh, and they're going to start out almost white. They're going to end up purple. So you see those purpley eggs on the top side of the leaf. That's going to be the western bean cutworm, 
uh, and they're going to do ear damage so we want to keep an eye on them and that would be especially true for you guys to the north where we tend to fight those issues a little bit more in the beans uh, the spider mites are still present so we have to keep an eye on them but i'm hoping this weather will will be a comeback for their competition the uh, bean leaf beetle has been uh, light for the most part we do have some locations of heavier japanese beetle that have to be attended to but overall um, pretty quiet this week we have sighted some adult aphids in the bean fields uh, which that means there's some movement on that front and we'll keep an eye on that nothing serious other than we noticed them itself a little bit of septoria on the bottom of the beans is about all we can find for most disease out there itself except for the areas where we picked up the heavy rains to the north and to the east and we have saturated spots out in some of these fields and now you're starting to see some phyt uh, phytophthora and some rhizoctonia there Beans in a lot of fields are in the R2, R3 stage, so we're finishing up a heavy part of the flowering and going actually into pod selection. We will be flowering for a time yet, but uh, we're, we're off and running in pretty good shape there. If the temperatures stay up during the flowering window, uh, that's going to reduce a lot of issues of the white mold. So situation where uh, if this weather hangs with us, it will come uh, with reduced white mold beyond it. On July 4th rains that came through, in a lot of cases they did uh, flush the acidity away from the soybean roots. And what that means is our high pH areas are now showing up with chlorotic beans. Now this was there's a big difference between Monday's flight earlier in the week compared to Friday. By Friday um, it started to show up in the new growth. So typically it's going to be three to five days after a big rain event that these chlorotic areas would start to show up itself. These beans are turning yellow, and unfortunately where the bean growth is right now, beans that are turning yellow now is going to start to uh, take its toll on yield. And there's really not much we can do there except for some foliar feed. Our foliar feed pots on chlorotic beans has been really sporadic as far as trying to be successful, but that's something that if you were going to try some foliar feeds, now would be your window. Most important though is we need to make sure that we have these yellow spots mapped out so we can soil test accordingly. They show up good in your aerial images so if you have any of your regular aerial images or your NDVIs we need to make sure that we subdivide that into your testing map. You guys that are putting the drones up they show up really strong in the drones now and we need some pictures of that so we can mark it out. So if you have yellow spots and you want GPS to aerial images of it, give us a call here at the office and, and we can try to see if we can catch that field in one of the flights that are going by uh, from an aerial image. At the bare minimum, uh, we need to have you go out there and draw us a hand-drawn map of where they are uh, so we can, we can identify them. If we have lime scheduled for a field that has yellow spots in it and we're scheduled to put lime on, you need to let us know because we're going to have to go in there and uh, readjust your lime map because that's going to be iron chlorosis out there that we don't want to be spreading lime on top of. So cornfields themselves remain fairly clean. This week's high humidity and warmer temperatures are excellent for gray leaf and it is starting to be more visible. So uh, a touch of common rust is out there as well. The big dog, the one I was worried about, uh, northern leap light, has yet to show its presence. Remember, northern leap light is a cool wet disease. So everyone to the north needs to keep an eye on this one here to make sure it doesn't show up.
but it's been pretty quiet. Uh, probably as disease-free a corn year I've seen yet coming into pollination. Um, when you get a hunt as hard as we are to find those diseases, that's uh, impressive in itself. And that's due to the window of low humidity temperatures and uh, warm temperatures that we had prior to pollination. Our guys up in Iowa have sent us in some pictures of what looks to be gosses wilt. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and see what that develops into itself. One area of concern that I do have is the out-of-control water hemp patches. Um, we could see solid water hemp patches from the air. When you can see water hemp from the airplane, you know they're pretty thick. In most cases, it's in the areas north of 136 where we had crop drowned out last year. And when the crop drowned out, the water hemp come and take, took over those patches. And they were solid last fall. Last fall, I, I made the recommendation that we should go out and moldboard plow these ponds to try to bury that weed seed, just try to uh, get the seed bank down. I got a lot of kickback from that recommendation as I uh, had expected, but it looks like that did work. Um, this week we were in a number of fields that these patches have been sprayed and resprayed as much as four times and then cultivated, and the hemp are still too thick to walk out and they're going to choke out the soybeans. My recommendation is to pull the plug. We're going to mow down these beans with the water hemp pat in these patches and then we're going to work them and by working them we're going to get more seed to germinate and once that patch greens up with water hemp we're going to work it again and we're going to keep trying to flush as many of these seeds and get them to germinate as possible most of these patches have suspect palmer in them as well which is another scary thought samples sent off for testing are coming back almost all of them are roundup and ppo resistant so a situation we do have a a tiger by the tail here and we need to we need to stay on top of it if you guys remember three years ago or so back when ted steckel spoke at our field day he talked about farmers in tennessee that would tear up bean fields and start over if they didn't get ahead of this beast i thought that was crazy i now know of three fields in our area where this was done we had to uh, start over with it so Remember, our field day is Thursday, July 14th. This will be a rain or shine event. Uh, come ready to learn and, um, and expect a, a really good day out of it. So with that, keep it safe, keep it moving, and we'll see you this week at the field day.